Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about some of the macroeconomic forces. Real estate investors don't generally care about short-term interest rates. Short-term rates affect the cost of capital for bridge financing, where those loans are indexed to the secure overnight funds rate. Short-term debt can be replaced with permanent financing. The really painful increase in borrowing costs is tied to long-term interest rates, not short-term rates. Now, we've experienced an inverted yield curve for much of the past two years. This past week, yields on the 10-year Treasury hit 4.5%, a 16-year high. When you read the mainstream media, it's as if the pricing for the 10-year Treasury is somehow linked to inflation expectations and to some forecast of the Fed's higher-for-longer narrative. The question is, why have yields on U.S. government debt increased in particular over the last 60 days? The Fed's been raising interest rates for more than a year. The United States has issued $1 trillion of new debt over the past three months. They have literally flooded the market. That's in addition to the bonds that matured at the same time and would need to roll over into new treasury bonds. It took over 200 years for the U.S. to reach $1 trillion in debt, and Biden did that in just three months. The simple reason for rising yields in the treasury market is simply falling demand against rising supply. Let's look at who are the traditional buyers of 10-year treasuries. Historically, China, Saudi Arabia were among the largest purchasers of U.S. treasuries. That's no longer true. Japan has replaced China as the single largest international buyer of treasuries. The Fed is shrinking its balance sheet, so as the old paper matures, they're not buying replacement paper. Someone needs to buy that paper when it rolls over into new debt. These are simple supply and demand forces at play. If you flood the market with any commodity, prices will fall. If you flood the market with oil, prices will fall. If you flood the market with lumber, prices will fall. And if you flood the market with U.S. Treasuries, well, guess what? Prices will fall, which means yields are going up. Some will argue that the trillion dollars in the last three months is really not all that bad. After all, $600 billion of that went into replenishing the Treasury general account that got depleted as lawmakers were negotiating raising the U.S. debt ceiling during the first six months of this year. Well, here we go again, less than a week away from a looming fiscal cliff deadline. The stock market has largely ignored the economic realities of the past year and has pushed up equity valuations. These levels frankly make no sense to me. Now, to be fair, the run-up in the stock market indices is narrowly concentrated in a few companies and in a few sectors. Specifically, the tech sector and these companies with exposure to artificial intelligence are those that have benefited the most. Now, traditional wealth managers have long promoted the idea that an aggressive portfolio should consist of 60% equities and 40% bonds. I'm leaving the cash component to the side, of course. A more conservative balanced portfolio would be the flip side. It would be 60% bonds and 40% equities. The idea that these two different asset types offset one another in the way that they perform in the market. But as we've seen in recent months, and in particular in the past week, prices are falling at the same time. Stock prices are falling, bond prices are falling. And as interest rates rise, even real estate prices are falling. There's really no safety to be found. Perhaps the only short-term bright light is in the realm of energy stocks. Oil prices are on a trend to remain elevated for some time, at least for the next year. When we speak about energy prices, there's two prices that matter. If oil is set at, say, $100 a barrel, well, that might be the price, but it's not enough necessarily to stimulate new supply. It's got to be high enough for long enough. Some wells that would not have been economical at, say, $60 a barrel become economical at $100. But oil needs to be elevated for long enough at that rate 
to give the production companies confidence that their investment will pay off. A few weeks of $100 oil is not going to be enough. Rising oil prices as a result of supply-side constraints going into a global recession is not going to be welcomed by any country on the planet, except for the few oil-producing countries in the Middle East. And it may not be enough to maintain oil at higher levels. OPEC countries have a long-standing track record of cheating on their production quotas. The wild cards in all of this are Iran, Iraq, Venezuela, and of course Russia. It's not a coincidence that the Biden administration is all of a sudden returning Iran to the world stage. They've long argued that they cannot negotiate with terrorists, and the only way for them to negotiate with Iran was to stop calling them terrorists. But frankly, I think this pragmatism about oil supply is what's bringing Iran back into U.S. good books. Without Iranian oil, the Democrats have no chance of winning the next election in 2024. So while Saudi Arabia and Russia are determined to control oil prices, they don't control all of the countries that produce oil. So back to treasuries. The big question is, who's going to buy them? The Fed won't put them back on their balance sheet until they absolutely have to. For now, the excess supply and the falling demand is going to mean that U.S. Treasuries are likely to go down in value, which means go up in yield. That may cause the U.S. dollar to strengthen against world currencies, and that in turn will amplify global scarcity of U.S. dollars, and it will have an inflationary impact on commodity prices in developing countries. It's also going to mean the cost of borrowing for real estate investors is going up as well, at least for the next little while. Are you confused yet? Yeah, there's a lot of interconnected moving parts. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.